on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman along with Wendy Thomas and on today's show we're going to go back over the 0-0 draw with Santos Laguna in the first leg of the CONCACAF Champions League. Who played well? Who needs more time? And who are we ready to bench? That's right, it's one game in and we're already filled with disgust. And you better get your dialing fingers ready because we want to know what you think as well. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show. Then we're going to go over the LA Galaxy's upcoming schedule before getting you ready for Santos Laguna Part 2. It's a packed show, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now here are your hosts, Josh Gessman and Wendy Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fun episode of Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host, Josh Gessman. She is Wendy Thomas. We're glad to be back with you. We're glad to be talking some LA Galaxy soccer. Now, you know what? It's official now because the LA Galaxy have actually played a real game. Uh, They've actually done something that counts towards some greater goal than just getting ready for the season. Uh, the LA Galaxy are now officially into the 2016 season, as far as I'm concerned, Wendy, and I- I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that it's here already because I-, I don't think I could have handled much more waiting. Ah, oh, I echo that sentiment completely. It was so nice to be back at the SubHub Center last night and watching the team under the lights. That part of it, I absolutely loved, um, and I think there's a lot of positives to draw from the draw, even though it wasn't what we were hoping for. When you draw things from the draw, it's, it's, <laughs> it's always good. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, really. Um, no, it's, you listen, I mean, you look at the spectacle of what happens you know, for a CCL game and, and the fact that it happens before you know, the, the Major League Soccer season even kicks off, Wendy, you know, that's sort of a different, interesting sort of take on, on what, you, what it's usually like up at, at StubHub Center. And it just, it's just like going from zero to like 100 miles an hour right out of the, right out of the gate. There's no, there's no warm-up really. You know, I, I don't know about everybody else, but I, I barely got to the stadium on time in order to, to watch the game. So you're, there's all this pent-up energy as you're sitting in the car. And if you're, uh, if you're driving in, in Southern California, then you're, you're stuck in traffic either on the 405 or the 91 or the 110 or however you ended up getting to StubHub Center. So you're stuck in traffic. You're trapped in the car. There's only so much you can do besides listen to Corner of the Galaxy on your commute on the way there. That's what I do. I don't know. Oh, well, let me tell you. I had a commute from Santa Monica to Carson, and I went to the game with my brother, who works literally two miles from the StubHub Center. He walked over Uh from work, and I was... I was in the car for, I'm not, I mean, it could have been two hours. I don't, it was ridiculous. But the whole time I was sitting in my car steaming saying, 
why do I live in the city? Why do I live in LA? Why do I why, do this? Why do I put up with this traffic? And then you get to the StubHub Center and it's like perfect weather. And, you know, the air is just like has that great clean smell and it, the fresh cut grass. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you get it. I mean, listen, <laughs> it's, it's horrible. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, if you're complaining about the game time, I always said this, you know, if you can play a game on a weekday at 730 or even 8 o'clock, I know that's late on a weekday. But eight o'clock gets you out at ten, basically, and you know eight o'clock gives people a chance to actually get to the stadium, or even seven thirty. It gives just that extra half hour for you to get to the stadium. Everything would would be great, and I think if it was up to the LA Galaxy, in fact, I know this for sure. If it was up to the LA Galaxy, they would do that. They would start these midweek games, um, well, especially if they're going to have parking situations like they did last night. Parking at the StubHub Center on a weekday around seven o'clock at night is basically a nightmare i mean there's multiple entrances are blocked off and closed even though there's lines of cars trying to get in and i know that like the players and the staff and front office would really like it if everyone was in their seats on time for kickoff but that's literally impossible with the way that the 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 logistics of the current setup with the parking system it's impossible yeah you know i'm not gonna argue with you absolutely it's very difficult and of course you have cal state dominguez hills who was in session so um there was an attendance cap i always tell people not to worry about the attendance cap well last night guess what attendance cap you got capped last night uh on nearly 19,000 people 18,900 something people uh were filling StubHub center which is an excellent crowd for a wednesday night so for a wednesday night for a game that's at seven which means if you're uh i'm an attorney by day which means i'm leaving my office early i'm saying goodbye to my clients and my work so i can travel for two hours to get to the StubHub center in rush hour traffic and park and gets my seat up time. Oh, it, it, it's a nightmare. I mean, listen, it took me an hour and 20 minutes to come from Orange County, and I left at 4.30. So, I, you know, uh, clearly I made it in time. You know, no big no big issues. There were no major crashes. Um, our photographer, Brittany, Brittany got stuck on the 405. I think she missed first kick by a little bit, but was eventually down there taking pictures, so did a good job for us there. Um, you know, it's a nightmare. I don't know how else to tell everybody it's a nightmare. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like what, what do you want me to do to fix it? Um, the parking situation has always been an issue at StubHub, and it's just magnified whenever you know everybody has to get there basically at the same time because of, yeah. uh, of work. So that's really... At least in the weekend games, there's a lot of tailgaters and right. people get there at all different times. There's people there hours before and then there's... It sort of trickles in. Whereas if it's a, a midday game, a midweek game and it's like on a Wednesday at 7, that is just... Everyone is trying to get there at the exact same moment because they're all leaving work and... I don't, I don't know how this functions in other countries, how it is that they're able to have midweek games. I think that it must be a benefit of a really generous social welfare state that everyone <laughs> everyone in Europe just has the ability to like kick it on a soccer game at noon on a Wednesday That's because right. they don't have jobs to worry about because we're all just hustling to get our asses to our seats. That's right. That's right. I think quite honestly, if Bernie wants to run on another campaign, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the soccer campaign. I think maybe he could pull in a few more people yeah, with that one. Day turnout That's to right. like a, a two. Tuesday at 2 p.m. game. Everyone's entitled to free soccer. <laughs> all right. Um, so that's my Bernie, Bernie Sanders impression. I apologize to Bernie. Um, all right. So basically, you know, everybody sort of knows what happened here. Uh, zero, zero draw, which whenever you think about it on the face of things, probably isn't that exciting. And in the second half, if you fell asleep, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame you, except that you were probably in sheer terror that the LA Galaxy were probably going to give up a goal. But yep. oh, yeah. what did I say before this game, Wendy? Okay, last week you said that defensively we looked really solid and that we were having problems generating offensive output. Bingo! 
<laughs> what happened? I love it. Whenever I'm whenever I'm right, I have to I have to toot my own horn because it's not going to happen very often. Listen, we we saw it all through preseason that the defense was was solid and stout. And you're like, oh, remember the Seattle game where they gave up? The, the ball was floating. The ball, it, it, like it was so you could tell if you were there watching it in person, you knew that game meant nothing. You could just tell it meant nothing. And so you're like, okay, no big deal. Throw that out. We're everybody's fine. We're we're all good. So you had the LA Galaxy come out against Santos Laguna. Um, you know, again, I think that they played. They played well. I think the LA Galaxy played extremely well. They generated chances, Wendy. They, didn't, they did generate they chances. They just finish couldn't finish any. any of them. None of them. None. Of them. They had three really good chances. None of those chances panned out. Um, you know, you look at the first one with uh, with Yellow Van Dam, who had an a monstrous amazing. game. Amazing! He is amazing. I love him. He is a beast. Um, he will run he, you I over. Want to, I want to know how many touches he had with his head last night, and then I want to compare that to the number of touches that the other players had with their feet, because he headed the ball everywhere around the field. He 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 literally had touched the ball more with his head than like Ashley Cole saw with his feet the entire game. Yeah, it's that's entirely possible. Uh he was good. His positioning is sound. You look at where he places himself. Remember, first time that AJ Dela Garza and Yellow Van Dam have ever played together and it was in a CCL quarterfinal game at StubHub Center. That's how good both of those players are. That's a testament by the way to AJ and to uh Van Dam uh just how 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 good they are! How easy it was for them to sort of integrate. They locked down the center of the uh, center of the field for the most part and on, on the defensive side. Um, you know, I thought Ashley Cole's positioning was outstanding. Such good footwork to get in proper position and not give Santos any room. I mean, that was really what you looked at. There was no room for Santos to operate for most of the first half. Second half, different story. For the first half, uh, the LA Galaxy actually had a bunch of possession, so it was good to see that they had the possession. Um, they had the chances. Uh, you know, uh, Yellow Van Dam had the header the, in the very first minute that I, I still don't know how it was saved, and, and quite uh-huh. honestly, I don't think he knows how it was saved. Um, so, you know, you had all these things. You had Giovanni Dos Santos, who made the turn inside the box that could have been a goal. You had Robbie Keane, who somehow missed it. A diving header. He had a diving... Robbie took a flying diving header attempt at and some point it. in the first and half. And just whiffed. Whiffed. And just but, I mean, whiffed. you're right. During the first half of the game, the Galaxy created a number of chances. And just, you know, it's that finishing. It's that ability to just... Get the job done, and it just was very close, very close, very close. No cigar, and every single one of them. Yeah, we want to know what you think about this game. Obviously, we're going to give you all of our uh, all of our info on this, but we also want to find out what what you think about the game. Who was your best player? Who was your worst player? We're going to get to all of that because we're uh, we're still breaking it down here. But you know, we also have a bunch of uh, a bunch of audio, Wendy, and so I sort of want to start. Uh, with Bruce Arena talking a little bit about this game, just so we he, we can let Bruce set the scene for us of what he thought he saw during this game. For our first time out, I thought we played well. Uh, you know, not easy, and it's the first time you know our, our team played 90 minutes together this year. So I, I was I was pleased with that. Obviously, I think defensively we did a good job. You know, both teams had a couple of chances. You know, we could have got a goal early in the game. Keep it made a great save. Uh, you know, and I, I thought for the most part it was solid for the first time out. Right? I mean, and I don't... It, it, was, it was totally solid, and I think that it, um, it, it's, it's very auspicious in terms of what it, it 
you know, bodes for the 2016 LA Galaxy season. I just think that it's unfortunate that it comes in the context of trying to participate in a confederation competition like the CCL, where we're in preseason form and Santos Laguna is in midseason form. They've already played for a couple of months. But I completely agree that relatively speaking we i thought when i watched the game it looked very evenly matched it it looked like both teams were capable of creating possession but the def- defensively you know both teams were shutting things down and therefore it was hard for either team to really cut through and make an impact and you know i i completely agree with what he said all right let's get to uh yellow von dom and what he thought of the game i think we have everything in our own hands i mean we have to go there and and like i said before uh, i think for Nine of ten players, it was the first time we played 90 minutes. So uh, I think actually we kept zero, and that's a good thing as well. That's important, especially when you play at home. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think in general we keep a good feeling about this game. We should have scored, though, but, yeah. I mean, that, that was it. They should have scored. They should have, scored. have scored. Should have scored. And, and everybody sort of touched on that. Um, it also should, should be noted that, uh, that uh, Nigel de Jong, uh, Ashley Cole... Yellow Van Dam seem like they're all BFFs, um, that they all hang yeah, out together. They, I mean, I, Van Dam was my man of the match. I thought he was uh, lights out our best player last night. But I, my brother, I was sitting with my brother, and he really liked De Jong. He kept saying, oh, oh do you see what De Jong is doing? He, you see what he pl- doing? Again, positioning. We talk about positioning. I think I mentioned this in my article. If you go on cornerofthegalaxy.com, you can sort of see uh, my take on this game and, and sort of the, the different uh, pluses and minuses the LA Galaxy put forth on the night. Um, De Jong to me, and I get it. He's a defensive midfielder. I, I, I and everybody's like, well, do, I, I made this comment, and everybody's like, well, of course, that's what his job is. I said he's so patient with going forward. He doesn't. He doesn't just go forward whenever he he's sees space. Very disciplined. Very disciplined. Very patient. Understands there's a time to go. There's a time to press, and there's a time to be in position. Um, just so smart seeing his movement off the ball, preparing for that next pass, always anticipating. Uh, just uh, obviously a, a world-class defensive midfielder. Um, and you got to see it on display and made some just great tackles. Everybody wanted to, I, I think everybody's scared of him. I think everybody sort of wants to stay away from him because they're like, he may break my ankle. And I kind of like that. But at the same time, he's very fluid in his movement. He's not you know, aggressive, his movement doesn't look aggressive. The results may be aggressive, but he's very, you know, almost like ballet-like, very dance-like, very fluid in his movement. Yeah, his, his, I think his reputation has preceded him. I was sitting in a section with a lot of Santos Laguna fans, and Mm -hmm. they were shouting at him in Spanish. They were shouting, uh, Davi Alonso, Davi Alonso, you know, uh, as a reminder of what happened at the 2010 World Cup. Now, now why would that be an insult to him? I mean, he got away with it with a yellow card. There was a lot of chants and things going around, but I think that they were just trying to trying to rise him, rise him a little bit. I, I understand it makes some sense. Uh, if you want to call into the show nine four nine seven three four four two one seven, once again nine four nine seven three four four two one seven, you can get your opinions in here because we're going to start getting into some of the players who I think did not play well uh, defensively. Everybody played well, including Robbie Rogers, and lots of people wanted to give Robbie Rogers crap, but. Rodgers played poorly, or at least Rodgers had some deficiencies going forward, not defensively for me. I think that the defense itself played very, very well. Uh, AJ De La Garza, Yellow Van Dam, Ashley Cole, uh, Steven Gerrard in the middle played excellent. Uh, Nigel De Jong. Uh, then Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy played great. That was good. Robbie Keane had a good night. All right, it, what, he, he didn't score a goal. You're always going to judge Robbie Keane on whether he scored a goal, but 
he was up there. He was trying to create some stuff. Quite honestly, he needed more support. You saw on the one play in the first half where Keen and Gerard and, and Boatang got forward, they yeah. caused some problems because Boatang was there, made a smart run. You know, lots of things happened and that put pressure on them. Getting bodies forward for the LA Galaxy in the proper position seems to be the issue. And right now, Jossie Zardes and Giovanni Dos Santos are my two players who will ask um, what the hell they're doing. Because so it's, it's interesting that you raise Robbie Rogers' coat. From my vantage point, I had the benefit of having the LA Galaxy right flank the first half, and then the second half it was on the other side of the stadium. And from my vantage point, it looked like Santos Laguna was directing almost all the plays and all the traffic down the LA Galaxy's right flank. I feel like a huge percentage of the game was played right down that flank. And so... Rogers, like on, on Twitter today, when I was conversing with other people, some people were saying that Rogers had a great game. And, some, and I was thinking, actually, I saw him make some kind of bad mistakes. And I think it could just be that he had an overwhelming percentage of the ball relative to what he normally sees. Like if you think about the number of the number of plays that were headed straight down where Zardes, Rogers, and Giovanni Dos Santos were, it was a huge portion of the game because I feel like I saw every play the first half and the second half. I was looking at the other, like, what's going on over there? Yeah. What's what's over? What's going on over there where the game's happening? Yeah, no, that's what it felt like. The, it's very interesting. You look at how the LA Galaxy attacked in the first half and they attacked on the left hand side through Boateng. Um, and then you're right that Santos countered that by attacking through Rod- Rogers and Zardes. And, you know, I can see that because you kind of probably want to avoid Cole. Cole did a really – listen, people kept saying that he's he was – He's not fast. Done. I'll he's, say that. He's, he's, he's not smart fast. and good, but he's not fast. You don't have to be – you know, I think and, – and I'm sorry, Todd. You don't have to be fast. Look at Todd Dunnaman. Todd Dunnaman was never fast. He's just well-positioned. All right. Yeah. That's all that's all it takes to play defense is to be well-positioned. Yes, every once in a while you're going to have to chase somebody down, but we talked about – AJ De La Garza being sort of that makeup speed guy, he's the one you always want to compliment against maybe some slower, uh, you know, defenders, and and you want him to be there to help. And that is exactly what happened with Van Dam and, and Cole, and you know, Rogers is quick, um, but AJ De La Garza provides that recovery speed and that uh, that ability to sort of cut things off, and and that was all good. But Zardis for me completely lost during this oh, game. Oh my goodness! Uh, Dos Santos completely lost during this game. There was maybe one or two good spots. What I. I want to ask Bruce Arena why he decided to switch Giovanni Dos Santos and Giassi Zardes after the whole preseason. He had Zardes up top as a striker and Dos Santos on the wing. And then all of a sudden Dos Santos goes up to the top. It it, it boggles the mind because we talked about keeping Dos Santos away from Keen Wendy because they're both this withdrawn forward. They get in each other's way and you saw it. They ran into each other a couple times. Zardes ran into Dos Santos. Zardes' positioning on the wing was not good for me. The effort from both of those guys. See, at least Zardes is always going to run. And and for me, that's that's sort of that's why he's playing the wing he's always going to run he's always going to track back but I need something out of those guys and Boatang on the other side despite the fact that he's young and green and you know tried yeah. his hardest I was not that impressed with his skills I thought he played a lot more timid than we saw in the preseason so between those three guys I'm I'm kind of frustrated because the rest of the team played really really well and that's where it broke down for me well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know why Bruce switched them since it seems that Zardes would be more of a natural forward and Dos Santos would be perfectly capable playing as an attacking winger or attacking number 10 type. But I, I, I can't, I mean, I, I think that... I, I think that, the, that Santos Laguna had a couple of really good players on their left flank, our right flank, because a lot of their creative output offensively was on that flank. 
I, I can only imagine, you know, maybe he thought Dos Santos would, you know, be able to create more over there. I really don't know. But, I mean, Zardes was, I feel like, oh, I just feel so bad because I want him to do so well. But, you know, part of me is like, oh, he gives effort. He cares about the team. He's a homegrown player and all this stuff. And then the other half of me, you know, which is critically realistic, says, you know, this he's really limited. Really he's, limited. He's very limited. Well, listen, and, and this isn't a knock on him, or, or maybe it is, but it's not meant to be a knock. He's not a playmaker. He's not a creator. He's not a guy who's going to go in and, and create his own space and create his own shot. That's just not the, not the kind of player he is. But he can play off of those players. So that's why it's good to have him between somebody like Robbie Keane and Giovanni Dos Santos if you put Dos Santos out on the wing and he can cut inside and, and do some things. But Zardes, for me, his runs were not intelligent last night. Um, he, he, he killed the offensive flow too many times. Uh, you know, there was, there was some... There were some poor choices in passing. I, I just I was not happy at all, and that's where my main frustrations are. If Zardis is going to wants to stay on this team right now, um, then then he's got to do something. And granted, it's early. Yes, first game. It's the first ninety minutes. First and, 90 and Bruce minutes. is right. I mean, this is we're essentially trying to judge the team based on the first ninety minutes that they've played together in a competitive environment. Yes, and that's. Really difficult, but that's the situation that we're in since the CCL is scheduled as it currently is scheduled. Yeah, and, and there's really nothing you can do. I, I think, you know, before we even got into it, that the LA, it's up to CONCACAF to schedule these games when they're scheduled. Um, the Galaxy have no chance, so as far as timing uh, in preseason and when they start, and then as far as what the actual game time is, the LA Galaxy have no control over that, and trust me, they would much rather it be 7.30, or it much rather it be on a Saturday uh, especially this early, but you have, you know, Liga MX is going to play games on Saturday. As a matter of fact, Santos has a game on Saturday that they have to play and then come back and play and host the LA Galaxy on Tuesday. So that's something that we can talk about uh, a little bit more as well. But I think the next thing we should do is probably go over some more, uh, some more game audio. Cause boy, do I have a lot of it. And, uh, <laughs> You know, this isn't the normal situation whenever you do CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, you don't get to go into the locker room and talk to these guys. So it's in the mix zone. So if it's a little loud, that's why uh, that's why it's it, it sounds like uh, basically you're in a crowded gymnasium because we are basically in a crowded gymnasium in the tunnel with everybody yelling and screaming at each other. And so you can pick up all that information there. Um, you can hear everybody yelling and screaming. Let's see. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Yellow Van Dam and his uh, his shot on goal and whether or not he could honestly believe it didn't go in. No, I saw it going in already. But it didn't go through Robbie's leg. I didn't really know what happened, but I went fast. But when I had it, I felt like I was going in, and but it didn't. So uh, yeah, <laughs> and it didn't. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was like, I, I love it. He's like, I already saw it going in. Um, you know, there was a lot of. I will have to say, there's a lot of shots uh, last night where it, like the goalkeepers did. There was one that Dan Kennedy made at the end where I swear it was so close to a goal for Santos Laguna. It was like inches. And I feel like there was a lot of those last night. Yeah, Giovanni Dos Santos saved one off the line. The ball definitely beating Dan Kennedy. And uh, Gio did do, you can't knock him for this. He made the save. Uh, The ball was going to go in. uh, And he was able to keep it out. And as Dan Kennedy said, that's why we keep him there. 
Um, so, so, and he took it like a man. Those were the two things Dan Kennedy said, if I can uh, paraphrase. Uh, the, I'll give you the last uh, uh, Van Damme uh, quote here about him. And you have to understand, some players talk in really good sound bites, and some players just have a conversation with you. Uh, Yellow just has a conversation with you. So if you hear reporters asking questions during it, it's all in the flow of things. And quite honestly, it's, this is the only way it makes sense. So here is uh, Van Damme on score, on, on possibly being a scorer on playing with AJ De La Garza and then on going down to Mexico. I hope to score a few goals out of my head, yeah. How was it playing with AJ? How, good. How that, it went good. Different? It went good. Communication was good. It was the yeah, it was the first time we played together actually, so uh, it went well. And the qualities he brings, you know, he's quick and he's also very heady. He's really a good player, so I think we did a good job, yeah. All the all the all the the back four and all the team uh, you know, defense is not about four players, it's 11 players, so I think on, on defensive plan we did a good job today, I think. How much more difficult do you think it's going to be next week? I don't know, it's all new for me, so I think you should, you guys should, should tell me, though. No, not even on vacation, so I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Thanks, First guys. time. All right, so, so that was basically, have you ever played down in Mexico before? He goes, no, not even on vacation. <laughs> um, so it's something, it's all new for him, uh, Yellow Van Damme. And, and Van Damme is, that, is the guy who was in high school who always needed a ride somewhere because the whole time during this interview, he was yelling at Nigel de Jong uh, to be like, Nigel, wait up, you're my ride type thing. <laughs> and so I think Nigel was stuck with, with Van Damme that night. Um, so Don't get used to that L.A. traffic. That's right. He's like, we're going to carpool, man. It's, it, it's, cr- it's crazy out there. Use the carpool lane, man, That's all right. the time. Diamond lane. Diamond lane. I love it. Um, so, yeah, so, so uh, Van Damme, again, had a great, great uh, game. Let's get over to uh, Nigel de Jong. Uh, listen, every time I talk to Nigel de Jong, I'm impressed just by how he's just so classy, Wendy. I, I've always wanted to hate his him. Rep- his, his nickname is the lawnmower. He has a reputation for being this brutal guy, and yet everyone says he's such a sweetie. He is. He's so nice. He's very thoughtful in what he says. So let's go uh, to uh, Nigel de Jong on the team's overall performance. <clears throat> I think it was a pretty solid performance, to be honest, from our side. It's the first 90 minutes that we played together as a team. Most of the guys who played the 90 minutes, um, I was still gelling. I mean, uh, for us, it's our first game, first, first official game. Santos already played uh, during the season a couple of games, so I think it was a pretty solid performance. The only thing that was missing was a goal, to be honest. Uh, I think we played uh, very compact from the back as well. Credit to the guys in the defense. And uh, next time, uh, we just have to score. But important thing, we didn't concede today. Yeah, the important thing they didn't concede, and then this is my this it was my second favorite quote out of all uh, talking to all the guys. Here's Nigel De Jong talking about the hostile situation that awaits him in Mexico. Believe me, I've been in more hostile situations than this. I think so. Uh, no, that's what uh, that's what Robbie said as well, and I think uh, the experience that uh, that we have in the team, you can see that also today uh, in the on the pitch, and uh, especially when we go on over there, it's not going to be easy, especially there in Mexico <clears throat> with their fans. But we gotta we gotta trust each other and stay positive and uh, go uh, go to, uh, try to go to the next round. Uh, this I'm gonna play this this first part again because because this for some reason there's some sort of like hidden connotation with this I I'm not quite sure I understand the very first part of this Wendy. Believe me, I've been in more hostile situations than this. I think so. I that's I just I don't know what it was. What could it was, what could he be talking about? Like, like, you know, oh. is he talking World Cup? Like, and that's hostile, or or is it? So, it just feels like it wasn't soccer related. I don't know why, but it was. No, just, and no, I mean, playing in Europe, they right. he's played for you know national team for he's played in Champions League. 
you know, in those sort of situations, it, it is more hostile. I mean, Stephen Gerrard, when he went to Istanbul, I'm sure he had, you know, it was no fun having, you know, people, they really get hostile in Europe, really hostile. Really, and yeah. It's yeah. not like MLS at all. MLS is very family-friendly relative to what goes on in other leagues. Well, uh, I, I want to play some more from Robbie Keane. I want to talk maybe just a little bit more about this game, but I want to take a break first. So why don't we go ahead and uh, and take a we- real quick, I was going to say real quick, real quick, real, real quick. quick. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I have I have no idea half the time what I'm saying. Really so. good pronunciation. Yeah, it was it was excellent, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. All right, so let's go ahead and take a break. This is Back Pocket Memory from their uh, newest album, Victory and Empire. Get out there and download it on iTunes. Whenever we come back, we're going to take your calls if you want to call in, 949-734-4217. Write it down. Whenever we get back, we'll be taking your calls, getting the audio from Robbie Keane. Why was Robbie Keane so mad after the game? definitely something we want to find out. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Ready for some more Corner of the Galaxy? Don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hey, this is Chris. This is Eddie. This is Jason. And we're from Back Pocket Memory, and you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh and Wendy with you. Excited still. I'm still... You know, even though the Galaxy didn't win that game, Wendy, I'm still, I'm still excited that like the season has started, and I'm still excited even at the possibilities of what could possibly face them down in uh, Torreon against Santos Torreon. Laguna. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, no, it was extremely exciting to see this roster together because this is basically like a brand new team. I mean, half the team wasn't here last year. Yes. And so you get to see this sort of amalgam of new players. You don't know how they were going to er- interact, whether they would have chemistry, what exactly the positioning would be. That was that part of it was great. And seeing a really solid defense, that was great too. The offensive put- sputtering, I- I'm not wild about, but I'm hoping that it's just uh, some chinks in the armor. It just needs to, needs to work itself through the system. Yeah, I mean, it, it's early. Things are going to happen. I expect things to get better. And, and through all that, I expect the LA Galaxy you know, to really be... I think this, again, you said it in the first segment. I, it, it sort of sets the LA Galaxy into a position where you look down the line a little bit, which is always dangerous. But if you look down the line just a little bit, Wendy, you can feel good about possibly what you're seeing. I mean, 
That, that's, I mean, you that's, can totally, if they can just keep their legs. I mean, because they're all, you know, most half of the starting 11 is over 30, more than half. I'm yeah, saying half, they're more than half. They're eligible so if they can just, if they can just keep their legs under them, then yeah. Be, I think that we have a great shot at the, you know, to do really well in the postseason if we can just, uh, you know, keep some fitness, avoid some injuries. I think we should be okay. Well, Robbie Keane was, uh, was a little upset. A little and, upset. Yeah, and I thought it would be with the uh, the coach from Santos Laguna where you saw that Robbie and him got into I think, <laughs> maybe a hugging fight. I, I'm not quite sure what that was. Um, all I know is that a coach was going after Robbie Keane and Robbie Keane was going after the coach, and I, I, I kind of like that, quite honestly. I mean, that that's CONCACAF for you right there. That's what gets you excited. Um, the things that don't get you excited about CONCACAF are the yellow cards, which I think we definitely need to talk about. But Robbie Keane wasn't mad about any of that stuff. Um if you read some of the articles before this game, Robbie Keane came out and said, you know, fans need to show up for this game. All right. Yeah. He, he, he called everybody out. He basically said, you need to show up. You need to be on our side. We need your support. You're going to be the people. And the reason that we're going to win this game, you need to support us, basically, you know, paraphrasing. And, and the AC Brigade and, and the, all the supporters groups, they were all there, Riot Squad. They were, they were there and they were loud, they, chanting. They did a good job. Whole- they did their job. Yeah, yeah. So big ha- time. I want to give a big shout out to the supporters because I heard them throughout the entire game. They were did not stop chanting, shouting, waving flags. I mean, you know, but I, I, I have to give them credit. I think they did a really good job. Well, Robbie Keane, I, I, and while not going after the supporters groups because clearly they were there and supporting, went after, I think, some people who didn't show up. So here's Robbie Keane, his comment. I asked the question. This was me. Um, I asked him, you know, if he was happy with the turnout for the crowd. Again, almost 19,000 people for a CCL midweek game. That's a lot more people than I thought would be. Usually 14,000, 15,000. There were, there were almost, you know, there were 19,000 people there. That's a lot of people. Uh, and you hit the cap in this particular case. So here is Robbie Keane a- answering my question after the game. I think there's probably more Santos fans now. Maybe half and half, maybe. Half and half. What do you want me to say? It's a home game. I mean, I guarantee it won't be half and half on Tuesday night in Santos. There you go. Robbie Keane. Okay. So Robbie, a little fired up. I kind of like that about him still. Like he, He's thrown some shade, yeah. This is, this is how much, this is how much I, I respect him as the captain, is that he can yeah. say that and get away with it. You know, I'm okay with him calling people out. I still, I, I want people to show up, and he's right. Now, I don't think he was right as far as his fractions, okay, as far as 50-50. I don't think it was 50-50. No, it wasn't 50-50. There was a definitely a really vocal and strong um, Santos Laguna contingent there. Um, they certainly made a lot of noise, um, but... I don't. It was not fifty because the whole supporter section was was all galaxy. That was that right. was both sides. You know, uh, by the you know sort of far ends of the field, they were they were packed with galaxy fans. But yeah, there was a lot of Santos Laguna fans. But this is Los Angeles, okay? You're not going to have that experience in Salt Lake or you know in D.C. I mean, you don't have a population. You know, Los Angeles is you know the surrounding area. You're closing on 15 million people, and you have a 40 percent Mexican population. I mean, what? You know, yeah, there's going to be a lot of Santos Laguna fans. Yeah, there, and there were, but I still think that it was at least, you know, 65, 35 LA Galaxy fans. I mean, yeah, there were probably 30. Probably about right. So, so I'm pretty happy. So, you know, hey, maybe we need to be a little bit louder. Okay, that's we, note taken, Robbie. Note taken. All right, work on that. So at least he's passionate. Say. He cares. I love it. He does care. He wants to see people in the seats. This is why I like him. He's fighting for the team, regardless of whether he's calling people out or not. And quite honestly, anybody who was there at the game, you don't have to worry about it. You didn't get called out. You showed up. So 
I was there. You were there, Wendy. Anybody yes, who's listening there. to this and wasn't was sitting, there, he was talking sitting, to you. Listening. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly how it works. All right. Uh, the Puto Chan, so popular, so popular. I'm uh, I'm not a fan of that at not all. Not a fan. Not a fan. Didn't didn't enjoy them. But no. That's okay. I, it's it's to be, different. It, it, has, it was a little bit of a different vibe last night, but. You know, I was, I was. It's kind of interesting because I was sitting in a section. There was a lot of Santos Laguna fans, but then there was also a lot of Galaxy fans. And I was actually sitting next to a guy who was a Liverpool fan wearing a Galaxy T-shirt. He was from England, and he kept saying every time Gerard got the ball, he's like, "All right, Stevie G, come on now, come on." Like, I was just, Did you? You, I was you were like, "Stop it!" It's bringing together the whole world of soccer. You know, you, it was. It's it's great. This sort of. Uh, it's like a melting pot, the did, soccer world. Did you tell him Stevie G isn't bringing anybody to oh, anything? Oh, my brother really? started talking a little smack about Stevie G halfway through. I was like, Owen, oh, be cool, be cool, be cool. Be, be cool. Yeah, we have don't, when don't Jared's on the other well, side. Well, everything. another guy who apparently wasn't cool, at least to one reporter, one reporter in the postgame press conference asked Bruce Arena why he was so edgy during this game. Again, another one of my favorite quotes. I love it when anybody asks Bruce questions like this because you could just see the wheels turning whenever he was asked. Um, we mentioned Robbie Keane and the and the head coach from uh, from Santos Laguna getting into it um, on the side of the thing. So Bruce Serena had this in response to the reporter who said, "Bruce, why are you so edgy?" I didn't uh, I didn't think I was edgy today. I wasn't running on the field or anything and fighting with players on the other team and. So out of the two coaches today, you would describe me as the edgy one? <laughs> oh, Bruce. That, see, oh, see, everybody gives Bruce a hard time because they think they don't, he doesn't give uh, good quotes and doesn't give you good information. That's, that's classic Bruce right there. Bruce Serena. Bruce doesn't give good quotes. Bruce is the most quotable coach. He, he is. Uh, I can usually predict what he's going to say. I, as soon as he started talking, I could see where he was going to go with it. And I, was, I, I don't think that was me laughing, but the whole room was laughing. The microphones don't pick it up that well. whole room was laughing. Uh, you well, what were they referring to, Josh? They were referring to the, the, the semi... I, I guess this report, particular reporter said that Bruce was, was gesticulating and edgy on the sidelines, and I didn't notice anything but different. But when he says that, that he wasn't the coach who got into a fight with a player, what is that, he talking Yeah, about? he's talking about the Robbie Keane incident with the, with the Santos Laguna uh, uh, head coach on the sideline, and it's just weird. I don't know how it started. Robbie was over on that side of the, side of the field... Uh, one of the one of the Santos Lagunos players flopped like a little fishy, which is something that happened continuously throughout the game. In fact, Santos started wasting time sometime in the first half. Um, so they were flopping like crazy. And quite honestly, they, they did a good job of it, too, because the LA Galaxy received three yellow cards. That's three players that will now be on yellow card watch oh, if, they, if they receive one in the next game. The down the in most t- bogus, oh, yellow, the, yeah. the ridiculous, not... Re- particularly not the one for Van Dam. The one for Van Dam, I can understand. Actually, but here's the problem with the Van Dam one, right? Because you say that, and I agree with you. That was a yellow card right off the bat. The problem was the referee didn't call it right away. He called the foul, and then he, like, gave the free kick, and then a Santos player runs over to him and begs and pleads for the card and then gives the card. Yeah, no, but, but the that, that may be true, but the Gerard and Dos Santos ones. The Gerard one was literally ridiculous. Like, that was nothing there was not even a foul there was nothing there so that i that was obviously the refereeing in Concacaf. you know i'm uh you can't <laughs> there's nothing that i can say that hasn't been said before but yeah it wasn't good yeah i it just it, it is what it is it's again Concacaf. 
CCL, this is what you can expect. Expect it to be worse than Torreon. So, um, you know, if the LA Galaxy, excuse me, when the LA Galaxy advance down in Torreon, expect to be missing one of those players right now, I guarantee you, because it's going to come down to it, and especially if it goes down to the end of the uh, end of the game and it's a tight game and, and uh, Santos is pressing hard, all those fun things that can happen in those games, um, then you should be worried about it a little bit. Uh, this is going to be... It's going to be and there's more theatrics in general. Oh, I, the Santos so. Laguna team, I give them full credit. They played a really good game. There's some very talented players on that team. Um, but they rested a little, little theatricality. They maybe. rested some some starters uh, against the LA Galaxy. Again, they have a game on Saturday in Liga MX play. So they're going to have to go against that and then be ready Tuesday. It'll be interesting. Again, they're mid-table right now. They can't really afford to just write off this Saturday's game in order to focus uh, you know, 100% on this Tuesday game. So they're going to probably be looking at their depth um, on both of these games to try to you know, rest as many players as they can and, and, and do the best. So if you want to watch... Uh, look and I think they were sitting out their best player, they, and they seem to do fine. I mean, they have a that striker, right? Who, yes. Yeah, so they sat him out, but... Um, they they seem fine. I, I you know I don't actually watch Liga MX games, but based on that, you know I think it's a probably a really entertaining league because they have some very technical players and it's thoroughly. It was a thoroughly enjoyable game, putting aside the fact that there was no goals and that we didn't win. Well, the LA Galaxy will head down to on Sunday after training. All right, so they're going to train Sunday morning, and after training, the LA Galaxy will get on their bus, head over to the airport, fly down to Torreon where they will get ready to face off against Santos Laguna on Tuesday night. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff time, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports 1 again. All right, FS1, that's where you're going to want to find it. Uh, this is at Estadio Corona down in Torreon against Santos I Laguna. I don't think no, it's Torreon. No, 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 Torreon. It's Torreon. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, This all white right. guy on occasion can get one right. That and okay. Alguajense are my, the two ones that I'm allowed to say. All right, that's it. So anyway, uh, that's where it's going to be. I know a bunch of people are headed down to this game. Please travel safe if you are doing that. Um, Again, if you want to call us on the show, if you want to tell us what you think of the prediction down in Mexico for the LA Galaxy and this return leg is going to be, you can do that 949-734-4217, or if you're all hungover from the game, uh, after I'm only had two hours of sleep, uh, if you ever wanted to know what it was like being a reporter or, or doing things, it means you get to show up real early to the games and you get to stay real late as I didn't get home until midnight plus 30, about 1230 last night or 1230 this morning uh, back from the game. So, um, you know, it's this is it, it was a long night for me. It very well could have been a long night for you, uh, especially if you lost your ID while Possibly. And then your dog got sick. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. My dog, my dog got sick last night, so I was up with the dog. Yeah, it was it was really just, you know, over. If the LA Galaxy would have won, I would have had zero issues with staying up or doing any of that. But, of course, uh, that's how it goes. So, uh, again, here is how it's going to break down in this second leg. The same two teams are playing each other. Uh, Bruce Arena said, basically, he doesn't expect any of these teams really to change. Um, he doesn't think that the Galaxy are going to change their lineup very much. It's going to be a lot of the same players. The Galaxy have almost a week, basically, to uh, get prepared uh, get down to Mexico and, and get prepared for this game. Um, this is how it breaks down. The LA Galaxy, because they're at 0-0 and didn't concede an away goal, and away goals are important in CONCACAF Champions League play, uh, because they didn't do that, uh, that gives them not an advantage, uh, but it puts them in an okay spot. I don't think you want to say it's an advantage, because a lot of people are going to try to tell you that going down there 
without having conceded an away goal is somehow an advantage, and it's not. You should have been able to score and be up right now uh, because you should have taken advantage of the home leg. The LA Galaxy didn't do that. However, they didn't allow the away goal, which is the tiebreaker, okay? That's what always, that's what we're, we're paying attention to is how the away goals fit into this tiebreaker. So here's what that means. If the LA Galaxy go down to Mexico, Wendy, and they win outright, they get to move on. Very easy. It's an aggregate score. So if they won one nothing, then the LA Galaxy would win on aggregate one nothing. All right, it's it's that's easy enough. This one I always like it when it's zero zeros. It makes the aggregate so much easier whenever you're trying to figure them out across things. So uh, an outright win is something that you definitely should be rooting for. And if you're an LA Galaxy fan, uh, you know I think I, this would be the worst case scenario for me, Wendy, is that the LA Galaxy score a goal in the first four minutes. And then I have to live through that for 90 minutes. Um, yeah, <laughs> the I, torment of biting yeah. your nails the entire time. Yes, but the good news is that once the LA Galaxy score a goal or once Santos scores a goal, we know we aren't going to extra time. All right, No extra time is needed. It's never going to happen because the only way this game can go to extra time is if it finishes 0-0. Okay? That would move it into extra time. Um, away goals... Now, here was the, the fun thing. We were trying to figure out whether or not away goals count in the tournament. And quite honestly, just follow me on Twitter or ask me on Facebook because I have to figure out the answer still. If away goals count in extra time and if that changes anything, it used to be in CONCACAF Champions League that away goals went out the window whenever it would go into extra time. They would count in during regular time, but in extra time, they would go out the window. I don't know if that's still the case or if they've adopted away goals even in extra time. So I'll have to take a look at that. I apologize. I didn't research that. That was something I was supposed to do. But that means, Wendy, that any other draw besides 0-0, etc., all the way to infinity, would put the LA Galaxy through. All right, so if they win, five, if they tie 5-5, then the LA Galaxy win because they'd have five away goals to Santos's zero away goals, all right? That is how the tiebreakers work. That is what you're rooting for. So with any tie other than 0-0, the LA Galaxy would advance. That, I mean, that... Which is good, and I think that at this point, we're probably the only team in MLS who really has a shot of advancing, because if you look at what happened with the other games, Seattle gave up two goals, so they have the goals. disadvantage. Yeah, we talk about how that game would go into extra time, so if, if we're using that as, as an example, the only way that that game could go into extra time would be if it ended 2-2 uh, down at uh, Azteca, because they're playing Club America, Seattle playing Club America. 2-2 would be the only way that goes to extra time. Otherwise, you'd have to count the away goals and see how everything would uh, would pan out. So they're, they're in a bit of a hole there. They have to score two away goals just in case there's a draw, uh, just in case there's a tie, you want to put in as many as you can. Of course, they could go down there and and win outright as well. Again, win outright for for most of these teams, um, except I will not not most of the teams with Seattle and LA win outright and you advance. Um, RSL's in the hole, but they're going home in the hole, so that's not so bad. Uh, uh, DC United, I think, is the same way in the hole, but um, going home and and playing in that hole, so they're able to score. Uh, and at home and, and at least have some advantages there. I know it's kind of convoluted. This is one of those things that if you aren't just a, if you didn't grow up with soccer, that you talk about away goals and how weird things happen. Away goals are, make things interesting. Um, and for the LA Galaxy, they provide a little bit, not much, but a little bit of a cushion. If they can score a goal, uh, the LA not Galaxy. Enough, could, not, not so much of a headwind, but, you know, I, I mean, for example, like, I think that you would probably prefer to be at home and be facing, you know, having to get a, a goal at home, which is what uh, Santos Laguna is going to be rooting for. I mean, they're going to have the home advantage. 
So that's a bigger advantage, I would say, than away goals. It is. Oh, yeah, by, yeah. by, by far. But, you know, this LA Galaxy team, we talked about it. Their defense is strong. I think that they feel confident. I honestly believe that this is the only team in Major League Soccer right now that could go down to Mexico the way that they are currently constituted and go down there with confidence. And I, I think they're going to. I think uh, Von Damme, I think Cole, I think, you know, Gerard, Robbie Keane, uh, Nigel de Jong, I think all those guys with the experience that they bring, even AJ De La Garza, Dan Kennedy, all those guys go down there without without a lot of nerves without without having to worry about you know how intimidating that environment is going to be i think that a lot of these guys have lived through this stuff before can handle this and will be ready for this game tuesday night march 1st uh look for the la galaxy i almost guarantee you they're gonna have a watch party somewhere i haven't seen anything out there but uh keep your eyes peeled and sort of take a look at that um and see how that's going to go wendy what do you think about this game um do you feel confident about the la galaxy's chances going down to mexico so last year you know one of the main sort of uh topics of discussion with respect to the la galaxy was our terrible away record and i don't think that that is going to plague us the way it did last year because i agree i think that this uh roster is seasoned enough and if you look at the number of uh players who've played in the world cup who played in the Champions League um, in Europe, um, who have played in huge games. They definitely are um, – there's enough gravitas in this team that they're not going to be thrown off by a hostile crowd in Mexico. That being said, Mexico not only has hostile crowds, it has totally different conditions. It has, you know, altitude. It has it's, – it's a different country. And so even if they are accustomed to um, – you know, difficult environment with respect to hostile fans. You know, this is, it's a foreign country. It's going to be a different experience. I am not overly optimistic about our chances, but I think we have a, a realistic chances. Now, I don't think we're out of it. I think that it's probably more likely than not that Santos Laguna will win, but I have, um, I think that we have a good shot, a good shot at at advancing. Got to score goals this time. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah we definitely need to score goals this time. There's, Mathematically, you know, from an arithmetic point of view, you have yes, to score you definitely goals. need to score goals. Yeah, you're going to have to do something uh, to do it. So, you know, I'm looking for that. I think it'd be really interesting to see. I think the big question marks right now is who starts at that left midfield. Is uh, Sebastian Legette good enough? And it's uh, somebody we didn't even talk about, but came in the second yeah. half. I thought he looked good the half hour that I saw him. Yes, but, but is that is that enough? Know. Can he play? Can he play? 45, 50, 60 minutes to be able to be the starter, and then are you going to bring Boateng in off the bench, or is it better to have Seb come in off the bench with a little more experience, maybe being a, a little bit better? Adam Serrano, LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano and I were arguing about who was the more physical player, if it was Boateng or Sebastian Legette. I said it was Legette. Uh, Adam, I think, was arguing that Boateng has that low center of gravity and has, you know, is, is very stocky and can sort of mm-hmm. be a little more Bo- physical. Boateng's very explosive and fast, but I mean, in terms of a player who can defend, who can prevent other players physically from taking the ball, I mean, Legette can command another player. He can take players on one-on-one in a way that Boateng can, I don't think. Yeah, so so you look at that, and, and I kind of... Agree. Why is Legette... Why is he not fit? What's going on? Well, because remember, he was injured. Remember, he had, the, yeah. he had the groin injury, and he hasn't gotten to play a whole bunch, and this was really his first time that he's gotten since a little bit of the rain game. He got 20 minutes in or maybe something like that. 
uh, I think 22 minutes whenever they did that line change. So he got just that coming off of uh, rehabbing the groin, and then he goes out and he plays, you know, 30 some minutes in this in this last game against Santos. So I mean, that's what you're seeing. So is he match fit enough? Can he go 60 minutes, which is what you're going to need? I just think it's so interesting that our primary discussion with respect to fitness is with like respect to Lejad, a 23 year old, or Dos Santos, a 27 year old, saying like, gosh, they're you know, can they get match fit when we have like a pack of 35 year olds? who are all running around the field for 90 minutes. It's like it's a bizarro world. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's different because you had you had Legette who was literally sitting on the sidelines for three quarters of preseason training. So that's where you're getting that. That's where you're getting that concern, and that's why it'll be interesting to see whether or not Bruce gives him the 60-minute start or whether he's going to pull him in off the bench. Okay. Uh, I think that one's going to be something to watch. I think that finding the positioning between Giovanni Dos Santos and Giassi Zardes is going to be interesting. All right, so what that's is going to happen there. I mean, listen, it, it, it feels almost like Giovanni Dos Santos said, "You know, I'm glad that you tried me out on the wing, but uh, yeah, I'm going to play up top, and that's just mm-hmm. sort of the way it is." Because I, I don't get it right now, and I want to see him play on the wing. I want to see him play on a wing in a competitive match. I want to see what he can create whenever he's able to cut inside, whenever he's kept away from Robbie Keane, whenever he can use Robbie Keane coming back to him as to be able to play off of and cut into the inside to be able to find lanes to run and lanes to shoot. I want to see that from Giovanni Dos Santos because I think that makes him the playmaker that we expected him to be whenever he came to the LA Galaxy but right now what's going on with Zardes uh, who definitely has to step up and with Giovanni Dos Santos it's, it's just dead ball over there don't pass the ball over there that's where it goes that's where offense goes to die that used to be my Michael Stevens comment uh, Mikey, Mikey Stevens where offense goes to die um, of course, then I think he's... But how does Zerta step up? I mean, you say step up. I mean, what you're essentially saying is become a more aware player with better judgment and a higher soccer IQ. I don't know if that is something that some, a person can step up because he steps up. I mean, he put he runs, he goes... You know, I think that when you're conceptualizing what he can do, the only the most sensible thing is to reposition him... I agree. ...to a location on the field where you can maximize his skills and conceal his deficits, his deficits being that he's not creative at all. I, I, I 100% agree. I would relocate him, so I don't know what Bruce is, uh, Bruce is thinking, but if, if Bruce is going to play him in that right mid position, then he's got to be smarter with his ball distribution, and I think he can do it. Um, I just think he... See, this is the weird thing is we see him play for the U.S. men's national team, and he plays in that midfield role, and he looks like a little bit of a different player, Right. And now you see him with the LA Galaxy, and it's just it's not clicking yet. And so it's it's something that, you know, I don't know how you fix it. Quite honestly, Jose Villarreal would be a great person to like have on the bench for this next game if I'm Bruce Arena. Yeah, Jose Villarreal would go on the left. Now here's what you should do: when Legette gets fit, put Legette over on the right. He is actually right-footed. Right. Then you, I don't know what you do with Zardes, but Giovanni Dos Santos. Then I guess if he really wants to go up top or play in the central more attacking role that he doesn't want to be in the wing that you can put Legit on the right wing. Listen, this this is going to be an argument we're going to be having now for for quite a long time. The LA Galaxy play away uh, at Santos Laguna on Tuesday, March 1st. They can then come back Sunday, March 6th against DC United for the home opener, uh, then travel away to Colorado on March 12th. Uh, home to the San Jose Earthquakes, if you're putting one down as, as a good game, on March 19th at StubHub Center. Uh, and then they'll go uh, away to Vancouver, then home to Portland. That is sort of your, your one month plus a couple days 
uh, time frame right now for the LA Galaxy and and where they sit and and what the schedule looks like. So uh, MLS play is just around the corner. Hopefully, there'll be some Concacaf Champions League games also being having to squeezed into some uh, some other spots here coming up. So a lot of good stuff for the LA Galaxy on tap. But right now, of course, the focus LA Galaxy in their second leg matchup. Zero zero is the aggregate score right now after the first leg uh, against Santos Laguna. Fox Sports One is where you can find that game again. March 1st, 7 p.m. Pacific time. All right, uh, Wendy, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else you want to go over before we get out of here? No. Okay, go ahead. Tell people where they can find you. We'll, go, we'll go all go take naps. It'll be wonderful. Okay, yeah, Josh needs his rest, you guys. That's right. I'm uh, Bard Swand on Twitter. You can find me. I write for American Soccer Now and Corner of the Galaxy. All right, she does a great job, too. Make sure you check out all of her great articles at cornerofthegalaxy.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And, of course, at Galaxy Podcast is our other one. Michael Rajo will pretty much tell you the rest. Thanks to Back Pocket Memory for letting us use their wonderful song. Go to iTunes. Download their latest album, Victory and Empire. One of the great, great albums, by the way. I still listen to it all the time, and they don't even pay me to say that. So please check that out as well. Uh, we are going to have another show, possibly recording on Sunday, possibly recording on Monday. We're going to try to figure out exactly when that is, and I'll keep you updated on Facebook and Twitter. So check out those pages as well. LA Galaxy against Santos Laguna coming up on Tuesday. Don't miss it. This is it. LA Galaxy need a draw of greater than 0-0 or to win outright in order to advance to the semifinals. Take on the winner of Club America Seattle Sounders. All right. All right. For everyone here at Corner of the Galaxy, for Wendy Thomas, I'm Josh Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast cornerofthegalaxy.com You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion and entertainment including this podcast head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of backfield.com Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everyone.